This is a sermon given on for Proper 18 on September 8th, 2019. Once there was a boy named Eustace Scrub. He was spoiled, mean, lazy, and a pain in the side for anyone who had to deal with him. One summer, he had to stay with his cousins, Edmund and Lucy, because his parents were going on a long trip. He didn't like Edmund or Lucy, and they didn't like him either. Despite their mutual dislike, the three ended up in an adventure found in C.S. Lewis's Voyage of the Dawn Treader from his series, The Chronicles of Narnia. They found themselves in this magical land of Narnia that Edmund and Lucy had already been to twice. They were on a ship going from one place to another, and at each place they stopped, another adventure awaited. Now Eustace was given tasks to do on the ship, for everyone on the ship had to work. But Eustace didn't like work, and really didn't know how to work, and he did every little mean-spirited and lazy thing he could do to get out of work. After a while, the people on the ship started calling him useless instead of Eustace, and he was useless until a very strange thing happened to him. In today's reading from Paul's letter to Philemon, Paul writes to one of his friends and associates who apparently pastored a church and had in the past been of great help to Paul. By the time of this writing, Paul was old and imprisoned in Rome. Now Philemon had a slave called Onesimus. In the years of the Roman Empire, slavery was common. Every country that Rome conquered had people taken from it to become slaves. We don't know the history or background of Onesimus, this slave that went running to Paul. We don't know if Philemon or someone in his household treated him badly or why he went away. But we do know one thing. Onesimus in Greek means useless. Useless, or Eustace Scrub, kept trying to get away and return home. But he was farther away from home than he ever imagined. One day when work was to be done, he walked away from the camp and found, to his heart's delight, a treasure in a cave. He stuffed his pockets with gold and put a large gold ring on his arm. But what he didn't know was that he had found a dragon's lair. And when Eustace, useless, woke up from a nap, he had turned into a dragon. Eustace Scrub was no use to anyone. Now the desire of his heart was manifest in his dragon shape. He thought only of himself. Everyone who couldn't do his bidding was a nuisance. He treated people with contempt, and he had no idea what love looked like. Perhaps Onesimus the slave was the same way, a useless servant that was more trouble than he was worth. Maybe Philemon threw him out. That would make sense with what Paul wrote to Philemon. He urged him to take Onesimus back and to accept him as a brother. Onesimus had been transformed from someone useless into someone useful, and that process happened because Paul taught him about Jesus Christ. His life changed. He took seriously the call of Christ to take up his cross, to become a disciple. He was different now, and Paul loved him dearly and wanted what was good for him. Eustace Scrub got tired of being a dragon, 
went and found the camp where the ship's crew and passengers were working, and through a variety of means was able to communicate that he was indeed Eustace in dragon form. In his loneliness, he discovered that these people meant something to him. Eventually, Eustace became a person again. You'll have to read the book to find out how, but it wasn't easy. It happened when he met Christ, and you'll have to read the book to find out who Christ was in this strange land of Narnia. But through meeting Jesus Christ, Eustace was transformed. Oh, not overnight. He could still be a pain because old ways don't leave us immediately. But his heart was different. He wanted to belong. He wanted to love others. He wanted to leave his selfish, useless, dragon-hearted ways behind. Transformation had begun. Lewis wrote his Narnia series for children, but many adults find meaning in the books as well. His stories of children encountering the Christ of Narnia told his own story in many ways. Lewis was an avowed atheist. He was in a writing group called The Inklings with three other men, one of whom was J.R.R. Tolkien. He heard a lot about God and about the saving power of Jesus Christ from Tolkien, who was Catholic. And one day he recognized the truth. His life was transformed from that of a bachelor with pretty selfish habits to that of a Christian who wrote many, many books about love, about relationships, about heaven and hell who used his gifts with fantasy to tell the gospel story in many different ways. Perhaps he had been useless at one time, too, but he became useful. Transformation is an act of God, and it is the business of the church. Each week, we gather together to praise God through music, to pray, to listen to divine readings and to a sermon, and to make Eucharist. Then we are sent out into the world to do the work we have been given to do. Transformation happens between gathering and sending. Sometimes it's through the music. Steve and I visited a church while on vacation, and a song we heard there has been in my mind ever since. It has been a strength to me in this great time of change for us. Sometimes it's the readings. Lord, you have searched me and known me. The psalm for today has come to me in the darkest times of my life. Sometimes those nuggets of transformation come in a sermon. I know it has for me. And always, always, transformation occurs in the Eucharist, when simple wafers and wine become for us the body and blood of Christ, when we take into ourselves Jesus. But sometimes in order for transformation to occur, we need to have a long, hard look at our dragonish ways, the ways we exhibit selfishness, the ways we find to let someone else do the work, the ways we choose not to love. Jesus talked about these things in today's reading from Luke. He spoke in hyperbole in order for people to understand. This large crowd that followed him probably included true disciples and also some groupies. He challenged people to put discipleship first, to follow him all the way to the cross, because that was the road to transformation from death into life, from old ways into new, from Good Friday into Pentecost. In order for transformation to occur, we must recognize that it is a lifelong process and that it happens in slow increments. In order for transformation to occur, we must be willing to be transformed. 
willing to change our ways to be more like Christ, to embrace discomfort, to be willing to let go of all that we have and all that we are here today, right now, in order to gain Christ, in order to be a disciple who follows and learns from and loves Christ. Over the next few weeks, I will be talking more about transformation. Come and hear how a variety of sources of transformation can renovate our hearts.